Welcome to the Connectrio podcast. I'm Claire Perry, a primary teacher and Google Certified Innovator. During these episodes, we will hear from parents and teachers from around the world as they share their stories and experiences of effective and representative parental engagement. Hopefully, by listening to this podcast, you will be inspired to try some of these ideas in your own schools and classrooms. In today's episode, we hear from Jennifer Casa Todd. Jennifer is a teacher, librarian, and author from Ontario, Canada. I first met Jennifer when I took part in her Empowered Digital Leaders course, which she runs with Adam Hill. And um, I really enjoyed and learned a lot from that experience. So it was great to speak to Jennifer again about all things parental engagement. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Before we start, um, just in case anyone hasn't engaged with you yet, I wonder if you could give us a quick introduction. Absolutely. Thank you. My name is Jennifer Cassatod. I am a teacher librarian from Ontario, Canada. I am also the author of the book Social Media, Moving Students from Digital Citizenship to Digital Leadership co-author of the book Aubrey Bright in Stories That Connect Us, and I have an upcoming parent book called Raising Digital Leaders. Before my role as a teacher librarian, I was a high school, oh, no, before that, I was a literacy consultant at the district level, and before that, I was a high school teacher teaching a variety of different subjects. I've been teaching for well over 25 years now. Yikes. So, I am a mom. That. <laughs> so you're bringing lots of different um, perspectives and different experience to our, our conversation today. Really appreciate you being here. As as we spoke about just before the podcast, um, the purpose of this is to share um, parental engagement strategies, examples. And um, before we kind of go into that, I just wonder if you could share with us why you think parental engagement and effective parental engagement is so important. So in all of the research that I've done and all of the experiences that I've had, I I recently completed a a master's in curriculum and technology um, with a focus on social media. And everything that I have read um, tells me how important it is for parents, for adults, right? A caring adult mentor and the impact of a caring adult mentor. Several research studies point to the fact that Uh, parental involvement or a caring mentor in a child's life will prevent problematic media use. And so we have this whole generation of kids who are using technology at younger and younger ages. And um, I I think the real key to helping them thrive in this society where technology is ubiquitous is for us to engage in healthy conversations, critical thinking with them, asking, you know, courageous questions and naive questions. Um, But but that's really essentially it. I think that if we want to see a generation of kids that are um, really thoughtful about the way they use technology, then there has to be a really good collaboration and, and relationship amongst kids and adults. Thank you so much, Jen. And I wonder if you could share an example of effective parental engagement that you've experienced or or know of, um, either as a teacher, educator, teacher librarian, or as a parent yourself. Absolutely. So I have tons. Um, I'm going to share one that I shared in my book, Social Media, and that is of a teacher, Stephanie Viveros, who's now retired. But 
she recognized that Instagram was becoming a force for um, kids all around, even some of her kindergartners. So she taught kindergarten and decided she was going to create a class Instagram account. And that account was going to be a way in which to communicate with parents, ensure that parents saw, you know, had insight into the classroom. And she sent out all the permission forms because, of course, this is Instagram. And so she sent out permission forms and asked teachers um, if they would be interested in showcasing their child face um, on the Instagram account. And she had very, very low uptake. She had very few parents who wanted their children to be there. And yet she continued to go on. The way she worded the letter was that we are going to create this account. This is the purpose of it. And I really want to be able to model thoughtful digital citizenship with our children at a young age because we know that that works. Theory of observational learning, you name it, right? So she engages in this. It's a, a really cool insight. I know I had a really cool insight into her classroom, the kinds of inquiries that they were doing, um, provocations and questions that that parents could then ask at the dinner table. You know, when you ask, how was your day at school today? And the child says, fine. Or what did you learn? Nothing. Right. But this became a way for parents to say, oh, my gosh, I saw that cocoon. Tell me more about this. And the result was really awesome conversations uh, around what students were learning. And then by the end, she was having to create, you know, tutorials or, you know, have uh, sessions with her parents so they could learn more about Instagram. And mostly all the parents did come on side. So when, and, and I think that's just such a powerful example because it shows a couple of things. It shows that the teacher really was able to communicate her why with parents because sometimes parents like I, I got a letter once and a parent said my child is being used as a marketing ploy because they're just taking pictures right because we've been told tell the story of your school you, you should tell the story of your school but if the parents don't understand why you're using social media with them they they really might think you're exploiting them right so she was very clear about her why she was very clear about or she was very transparent in terms of the learning and and really wanted to elicit communication and conversation not just between her and parents but parents and students and we know how powerful a loop that can be um, and then she she persevered right like you know some teach some parents or uh, teachers rather would say only 25 percent like this isn't a good idea but she she did it and i think what was really super important too was all of the digital citizenship moments that came through you know talking about well do we have to have selfies no we can take a picture of our work right we can take a picture of this which is beautiful we can take a picture of this question that we're working on um, so that's very powerful a establishing a culture of consent like how easily you can do that well we don't take pictures of everyone because not everyone's allowed to be online right so a very powerful lesson for kids um, at such a young age right so all of this leads to kind of what what we call you know a, a very um a standard kind of uh, way of thinking is the gradual release of responsibility, right? So she was really scaffolding some of this learning with, with kids who maybe didn't even have Instagram, only the parents did, right? So that to me is one of the most powerful. Obviously, I've seen other examples over the years and, and I speak to parents all the time. And, and when I do, it's primarily about building those conversations, you know, between school, family and, and home. So yeah, that's a really powerful example of 
how you can embed digital citizenship within what you're doing, you know, involving the children within that. It's, that's really important and really powerful, especially uh, sometimes, the, you know, parental engagement can sometimes feel like it's between the, the families, the parents and the school. But just, yeah, just, that just shows the importance of involving the children in the conversation there. Absolutely. I know you've kind of touched on this a little bit before, but I wonder if you could explore a little bit further what some of the barriers you think uh, are, what some of those barriers are to effective parental engagement. I think there are a lot of barriers. I think we narrowly define what parent engagement means, right? And we do that based on our own biases. And right, um, you know, if I'm a family who I work nine to five, right? I, I'm a teacher, so I can be at home with my kids and we can have conversations. We narrowly define what it means to be engaged. There are some parents who are not at home, who are working shifts, right? Who are not at home necessarily to have those conversations on a regular basis. There are parents that might not be coming to parent council meetings. I was on parent council for 10 years. I was the co-chair. And at first it was like, well, why are not more parents getting involved in this? Well, because there are limitations to them. And so we have to be really careful about narrowly defining what parental engagement looks like. We have to open up. I think the one thing that COVID has done really effectively is opened up the opportunity for parents who might be working odd hours, who don't have caregiving, um, you know, can't afford a babysitter to come to a parent event to be able to participate more fully in some of the offerings that the school has. So I would say, you, you know, really thinking about what are, how are we defining parent parental engagement? What are the ways in which we can bring in people who traditionally may not come into school events? And then, you know, what are the ways in which we can, uh, when we do have our children, right, uh, capitalize on that? So I know that um, many of the times when I have gone to do a parent talk, at the same time, there was a showcase happening in the school, like a, a student showcase, right? So parents want to come and see and celebrate some of their kids. They may not necessarily want to come and hear a speaker talk about, you know, all of these strategies. Um, so really sort of thinking about how we can broaden um, and bring in, right, call in parents to a variety of the, the things that are happening in the school and really being careful not to judge where, um, you know, where, where we don't know what's happening. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and one of the things this this podcast is aiming to do, and um, Connectio generally, is is remove some of those barriers or overcome some of those barriers. So, um, particularly around representative parental engagement, so that there are, um, so that all of our learners um, feel that they are being represented um, in some of the ways that you mentioned there and others. So, I wonder if um, you might share how you think we might overcome barriers to increase representative parental engagement. So I kind of touched on a few things, and that is just being a little bit more creative about the ways in which we engage parents. Um, you know, we have some incredible technology tools at our disposal, um, you know, where there's a language barrier. I mean, certainly the teacher could send a video newsletter or, you know, we can uh, the newsletter at the end of like every week. I know a, a teacher, Melissa Hayes, who does a, a lovely job of this. She has a YouTube video um, where she takes pieces of the learning from the week and shares that so that it's you know it, it 
it's accessible, right? P teach parents see what's happening. Um, you know, they feel like their their needs are being met because it's multimodal, or they're they're busy, and so they can look at it in a variety of ways. And if they're not strong, if they're not strong readers, they can see it. Um, and then there's such an incredible opportunity for kids themselves to be involved in that video editing and creating, um, you know, learning lots of digital citizenship lessons along the way. So I would say that is a really good example, having a video newsletter. I know lots of, um, you know, principals have done this and some teachers do this and it is time consuming. But, you know, you could have a class committee in your class. And, and I talk a little bit about this in social media as well. And I know there has been lots of talk, a renewed talk about classroom jobs. But, you know, having a podcast or, you know, about some of the issues that we're talking about or some of the things we're learning or that video newsletter, that that becomes one of the jobs of the class committee, the public relations department, right, or the marketing department. And there are other jobs where other kids uh, could, could really shine as well. The environmental department or, uh, you know, the tech, the tech experts, um, and then kids rotate through all of those so that the teacher has a little bit of help. She's not, he or she is not creating this thing every week as if we don't have enough to do. Um, but really get, thinking about ways in which we can involve our students um, to even communicate with parents. Um, you know, students coming in and doing the the conferences, right, or having it to be a video conference, so that the the parent again, it for me, it's that really powerful and important com connection between school, child, and parent that we often miss. And so, I think we could be really creative about how we can we can sort of strengthen those ties a little bit or reinforce those ties a little bit so that if something does go wrong um, eventually you know who knows um, that 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 uh, relationship has already been created or established among teacher and parent and student absolutely thank you so much jen there's so much for us to take away from that already i've got ideas um going about how i can embed this in my own classroom um, so thank you for sharing that i wonder before you um before you head off um if you'd like to tell us a little bit more about your book your new book coming out i'm excited to read it so i wonder if you want to tell our listeners a bit more about it and where they can find out more information well, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, my new book is called Raising Digital Leaders, and it really stems from a moment, well, a moment I had where my daughter was asked, what social media are you on and what will I learn about you if I go there? And it was a moment where I felt like a, an utter failure as a mom because I realized that I had allowed the fear narrative to really dictate my don't do this, don't do this kind of attitude um, towards technology and my and my daughter. And so that's what prompted me to write Social Media, actually, which is a book for teachers. But then I started to talk to parents more and more um, and their questions and their own fears um, really, really resonated with me. And, and I, I, to the point where at one point there was a, a woman, uh, she was a teacher, but she was a new mom who had just gotten a babysitter for her new, like, you know, three-month-old daughter to come to this session of mine. And she's sobbing in the back of the room. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no one's ever cried. Like, do a terrible job. Like, I, I, I didn't know what to do. What's going on? So when I spoke to her, she said, your words resonated with me as a mom more than as an educator right now, because I'm so worried about the world in which my daughter has been born. And, you know, and I have to really um, sit back and try to, to put this in perspective and realize that, you know, that that relationship, the relationship that I create with my daughter is the most important thing. And that in me was like, okay, 
obviously there is a need for a parent book <laughs> that is right like a companion to social media but for parents so in that book i've taken almost every question um that parents have asked me during a talk and I've tackled it um, and I've included so with my educator lens I've included um, some important pieces that sometimes parents don't know about right like that I'm privileged to have because I studied it right and I did my master's in social media and in education and so I try to use very uh, accessible language for parents to learn more a little bit about the stages of adolescence for example or how the brain works or um, you know taking a look at a variety of different research um, elements when it comes to using technology with your children. Um, and, and then combining those with the questions I've been asked, which I hope is going to be uh, a handy study guide. And uh, as I said before, I will definitely share with you, I know not everyone can afford to buy a book, but I'm creating a free um, companion resource, um, you know, with some links and, and discussion questions that I'd be absolutely happy to share with you and your listeners. The book itself isn't out yet, but it will be available on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, anywhere you can get a book. And it will be called, it is called Raising Digital Leaders, A Practical Guide to Using Technology with Your Family. Amazing. Can't wait for it to come out. I know it's going to make such a difference to lots of parents and also educators as well. So thank you for sharing that, Jen. Um, I'm so grateful for you joining the podcast today. Thank you so much for giving up your time um, on this morning where you are, afternoon um, where I am over in Scotland. So um, thank you so much. And if our listeners want to connect with you or find out more about your work, um, I don't know if you want to maybe share your, your Twitter handle or your, um, your website with our listeners. Sure. My Twitter handle is at jcassatodd, C-A-S-A-T-O-D-D. And I blog or my website is jcassatodd.com. And I thank you so much for, for interviewing me. It's so nice to see you and chat with you today. Thanks so much, Jen. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Connectrio podcast. We will be back next week where we have Christine Kaiser sharing her thoughts on effective parental engagement. Christine is a deputy head teacher in Scotland and she is one of the co-leads of Women Ed Scotland. So I'm looking forward to sharing that episode with you next week. Please get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram at ConnectrioEd and share this episode with others you think will enjoy it. I hope you have a great week.